This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so thrilled you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I am Sandy Scarlatta, America's happiness coach, author of Happiness Solved. I'm also a retired U.S. national and international figure skating coach. I have a gold medal in ice dancing. I've been a certified life coach since 2004, and I've been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. I am so excited to share that my next book is coming out soon. I am a co-author in the fastest growing personal development book series in the world with Jim Lutz and Jim Britt. The really cool thing is that the foreword was written by the one and only Les Brown, and for my copies, I'm on the cover with him. If you would like a free copy when it's available, email me at sandy at sandyscarlotta.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I am so grateful for you. Today's guest is Nathaniel Garrett Novosel. Nathaniel is a professional researcher, analyst, and advisor with over 20 years of experience studying individual and group behavior. He has also advised the world's leading executives on their most pressing organizational challenges and their strategic plans. Nathaniel's relentless attempts to understand the how and the why has one singular goal, to help himself and the people he advises live the best lives possible. So, of course, I was so excited for this conversation. Hello, Nate. How are you today? It's so great to see you. I'm doing well, thank you. How I'm you? doing fantastic. Even better now that we're here. All right. So, you've got a lot going on. You've got a lot of... I mean, I'm pretty impressed with, with looking at your bio and everything. But before we go into all of that, I always like to hear everyone's story. Like, what is your story? What got you to where you are? What got you interested in psychology, research, you know, that kind of thing? Sure. So, I mean, it all started um, when I was uh, five because my uh, father uh, disappeared in the middle of the night. Um, <laughs> and uh, we found out uh, like six months later or something that he had moved to California. And Oh, my God. Uh, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I don't remember how I felt because I was five and my memories aren't yeah. very good, but uh, I do remember when I was six. I, I do have those memories. Um, so we flew out for three weeks and uh, two days um, to uh, to California to see him. And um, all I remember is that, uh, you know, I was crying on the flight over because it's the first time I'd ever been away from my mother. Uh, then I had a great time there. But then when I came back that night, uh, I felt like someone ripped my heart out of my chest and I was just bawling my eyes out and I couldn't sleep and mm -hmm. I was just staring at the ceiling and just miserable. And I asked myself the question that most people ask um, when they're in their worst times of their lives, which is, what is the point of all this if we're just going to suffer? That's usually how people put it. And um, the part of my brain, there's a part of my brain that's kind of like stoic or robotic and, and it said, uh, 
That's a fascinating question. I wonder if you can answer that. <laughs> but okay, and but hold so, on. Like, what is the meaning of life? But hold on. Who asked that question at the age of six? <laughs> that was me. It was just the back of my head, though, just kind of popped I in mean, my head. So that's fascinating. I think I was in my at least early 30s before I started thinking about that, but that's great. So go on. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So I asked myself whether I could answer that question. So I, I started studying things. Um, and I also have. I'd say I'm in between like just a, an introvert, but then I also have like a lot of Asperger-like behaviors. Okay. So um, something like, because you know, it's a spectrum. Of course. I'm very, very super high on the spectrum. Um, so I'm not, um, you know, I'm not Rayman or anything, but uh, I can't, I have really difficulty with social interactions. Um, so I study psychology, both for the fascination with the brain and how the world works and everything, but also uh, to be better at those said social interactions, understanding other people, because I didn't understand them. Uh, and so um, I did that for, for decades. And then, um, you know, I did, I minored in psychology in college and I, um, and I graduated and then I worked uh, and I still do uh, for a research advisory firm. Uh, and uh, we advise executives on their biggest challenges. And uh, I was, uh, I can't remember what it was, like 2012-ish, something like that. Uh, I was going to a different organization for a couple of years. Uh, and when I was leaving, I was like, well, what insight would I bestow upon people? You know, what kind of like words of wisdom or whatever? And I was like, well, you know, life is really about, I started listing some of these concepts I had kind of broken down from all this research I'd done over the years and all this reading. Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's all about desire, it's all about belief, and then this, and then this. But then I asked myself that that question from when I was a kid kind of popped back in. I, I didn't hadn't thought about it in forever. And um, I was like, well, what's what is the point? Why why do you have desire? Why do you have belief? Why, why do you need all this stuff? And and it and popped in my head was like, well, well, it's growth. It's about growth. That's that's what everything's about. Um, that's the point. And so I had this list of concepts that drive someone's sense of meaning and purpose in life. And so I was like, well, oh, man, I got to write this down. So I ended up writing a book. It's called The Meaning of Life, A Guide to Finding Your Life's Purpose. And it goes through the eight main drivers of someone's sense of meaning and purpose. It's all science-backed, but it also is compliant, or not compliant, um, uh, what is, what's the word? Uh, it's aligned with uh, all philosophies and religions because they all have to have these eight components or else they wouldn't make much sense as a belief system. So, um, yeah, that's that's how I got Interesting. there. Interesting. So can you go through the eight the eight things. Sure. I, I'm just curious uh, myself, yeah. like what, what that is. Yeah. yeah. So let me give you the short, yeah. like one sentence descriptions, yeah. and then we can break them all down, of course. Um, so the meaning of life is growth. All living organisms strive to grow. That's the entire essence of what they believe, uh, what they're trying to do. Um, you grow through experience. So all living organisms, we all exist in a space-time continuum, and experience is the means through which uh, human and uh, humans and other organisms uh, grow. Um, desire is what motivates someone toward a better future state, which would be the said growth. Uh, belief is what actually you need to have to sustain your drive toward it. Otherwise, it'll put out your, your desire. If you don't believe you can do it. Um, emotions are the feedback telling you how you're doing. And that's where happiness comes in. People think happiness is the meaning of life. That's a little bit. It's do what makes you happy. That's the meaning of life. And that's the difference between the growth and the happiness. Happiness is an outcome. Right. It's not, it's not the goal per right. se. Um, uh, ethics, you have to do things in the way that's going to optimize your own growth while not hurting other people in the process. Um, support, uh, you need help from other things or people uh, to grow more than you would otherwise. And then the last one, number eight, is, um, is choice. At the end of the day, you choose your future based on 
you know, everything you do, all your decisions and actions. Um, and so you choose what you, what direction you grow in and what you do with your life. And so you have to master those eight ideas. You have to have clear, a clear sense of how those eight concepts apply to your life uh, to feel a sense of meaning and purpose. Mm, that, that's, I love that. And, and so how, how did you back it up all of this with science? I mean, was this just through your years of research or is there really a lot of science out there? Cause I'm not a researcher, so I, yeah. yeah. So there are over, I, I wanted it to be backed uh, with proof. So there are over 150 citations. Okay. I even went a little nuts and cited all the quotations I used. Cause you know, most you know, self-help fluffy books that I put quotes from people and they're not real. And <laughs> it turns out that no, I went and found them. I actually saw the original source of the quote, you know, the uh, standing uh, on the shoulders of giants quote um, from um, uh, what's his face. Uh, uh, oh God, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, uh, the guy who uh, figured out gravity and calculus and stuff. Um, Newton, Isaac Newton. Uh, I actually saw the original document where he said that, where he wrote that down to a letter to a friend. Wow. So like I actually defined to make sure that those, those quotes were real. So uh, over 150 citations, uh, but um, yeah, it's scientifically backed. The, my favorite one out of everything I cited, um, I actually didn't read it till I was already, I had already written a first draft of the book, but then I read this book uh, called Mindset. A lot of folks know it by Carol uh, Dweck. She did a TED talk on it, uh, summarizes like the yet speech. She talked about how you don't want to tell someone they can or can't do it. They just say, you just tell them they haven't done it yet. And that kind of implies that they will do it if they keep going. Um, and uh, she did all this research on mindset and she identified two mindsets, the growth mindset and the fixed mindset. And gross mindset means that you believe that you can get better. And the fixed mindset uh, believes that you have some sort of intrinsic uh, limit that you reach. And what she found is that the people with the growth mindset uh, were happier, more successful, uh, better, pretty much everything. And the reason why is that the people with the fixed mindset, as soon as they encounter any resistance, they stop because they think, well, I reached my peak, I'm done. Whereas the people with the growth mindset would keep trying and trying and trying and getting better and better and better. Um, so that was my favorite one. Um, and, but I will say I did come up with my list before I read that book. <laughs> so it actually supports, uh, supports uh, the uh, philosophy I built out, but, um, but uh, it's my personal favorite uh, in terms of scientific proof that really you do feel better as a human being uh, and have more purpose and happiness uh, when you have that growth uh, mentality. Oh, and I can attest to that myself because that's been my journey for the past 32 years has been all about growth. And, and at the same time, I love how you, you categorize that because I, I, like I said, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a researcher. Um, mm -hmm. and, and just real quick, when I was writing my book, I refrained mm -hmm. from reading any other type of self-improvement books while I was working on it because I didn't want to be swayed. So I, I know what you mean when you said, I wrote that before. But um, I actually have had clients that I work with that have that fixed mindset and yep. it's really hard to break through when somebody is so convinced that this is the way it is and it's never going to change. And, mm -hmm. and I find it so yeah. sad that, that there are people out there because, because we don't know what we don't know. I don't know an existence without self-improvement in my life. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. it, you know, th there's the, there's the old uh, Shawshank Redemption quote, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm just going to rephrase that. You're either growing or you're dying. Those are your two states of being, really. <laughs> so, so what else are you doing? Um, but there's also other scientific backing. The, the most obvious one that everybody knows is Darwin, right? Like Darwin's survival of the fittest. Right. And basically, w w they said, well, why do you live? Well, you live to survive through reproduction. 
and reproduction is a form of growth. So literally, even Darwin's you know point, the point of life was to reproduce. That's a form of growth. Um, so you grow, you reproduce, and then yeah, you die, but your uh, your spawn carry on. I jokingly call it. Uh, you're, you're, uh, so so yeah, so that's I mean even I mean Darwin said that. Um, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Carol Dweck said it. Uh, the um, another one about happiness, because uh, my biggest, most controversial opinion that I put in there is that happiness is is, is objectively and provably not the meaning of life. Um, people take that a little defensively because they're like, but no, 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 we want to be happy. I'm like, I'm not saying you don't want to be happy. I'm just saying that there's this uh, irony that everyone knows in philosophy, which is like the more you chase happiness, the less you attain it. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I can explain what's going on there is because uh, happiness, well, first of all, happiness is there's pleasure and there's fulfillment, right? Those are different mm -hmm. things, but we both call those happiness. So there's a little bit of English language uh, right. issue there. Um, and so most people, when they think the meaning of life is be happy, they go and seek pleasure rather than fulfillment, right? So they start, you know, doing drugs, having sex, you know, let's list all the things that people do. That's probably not the best idea, but it feels great. Um, uh, eating, uh, you know, bad foods and stuff. So like though all of those, those are just hacking your brain because your brain is is wired toward growth and it rewards you for things that help you grow like like fatty foods are were you know rare back in the day so you evolved to consume fatty foods and enjoy them because you weren't going to get a lot of them now now they're abundant so we're hacking our brains by by eating too much of that and it feels great but it's not necessarily <laughs> optimal for our growth it's maximizing our growth but not, not necessarily optimizing it uh, and so there, there's stuff like that. That's a, that, those are hacks. When people don't understand what emotions are doing, emotions are feedback and mechanism. So, it, uh, so happiness is a feedback mechanism that you're growing, so it's good. And it's also a reward system to f make you feel good, so you continue doing whatever it is that that's making you happy. So as long as you realize that, and that any indicator, uh, any indicator you ever pick can be hacked, as long as you understand that, and you don't go off and do the wrong things. Oh, it feels good, but it's not necessarily good for you. Um, then you can then you can have a goal of being happy. That's fine. But in terms of like the meaning of life, like why you exist, um, I can give you that. See, no one bothers to try to disprove. You know, science is about trying to failing to disprove rather than to proving. And you can easily disprove the happiness and the meaning of life is because if you look at people in the military, do you think they're happy? You think they're frolicking in fields and <laughs> enjoying what they're doing? It's like no. They live very harshly. They put themselves under strict self-discipline. And they have extreme meaning. Why? Because they're protecting the people they care about. They're representing their country. I mean, it, it, there's so much there that's full of meaning. And they're growing and getting better at defending themselves and their, and their country uh, through those, those um, you know, training and things. Um, and they have a great sense of meaning, but I, I wouldn't call them happy. I wouldn't say like, oh, they're they're super happy and all that other stuff. So like, you can identify people with a strong sense of meaning who aren't necessarily happy. Uh, and the p reason is that happiness is feedback that you're getting uh, along the way. It's not necessarily the final goal that you're trying to to try. Yeah. To well, I always say happiness is a journey, not a destination. Yeah. Exactly. And the happiness, happiest people on the planet are ones that experience that full range of emotions. Yes. Because when you're going, I mean, just this year alone, like some, like some years are really easy. Believe it or not, for me, 2020 was a great year mm -hmm. for me. I'm, an, I'm kind of an introvert okay. too. When I was told I, I couldn't go to my office and I couldn't leave the house, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I loved mm -hmm. it. Like I loved that you know, not being able to, you know, on lockdown or whatever. Like for me, that was just heaven. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now this year, on the other hand, I've had all sorts of things, some major stuff, some not so major, but nevertheless, I've, I've 
and, and it's interesting because it, it, it's kind of like when it rains, it pours, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also in a time period where I want to grow. And when we're looking mm-hmm. for that growth, sometimes we're given opportunities for that. And it's presented mm-hmm. in ways that we may not be thrilled about. But when you get through it mm-hmm. and you get to the other side, it's like, okay, you know, it's, you know, so, so it's, you're going to have those moments in life where, yeah, yeah. I wrote the book on happiness, happiness solved. I have a happiness solved podcast. You know, I, yeah. I do all these things. Am I happy a hundred percent of the time? Absolutely not. And exactly. I think that's the misconception yeah. so many people have, because if you're not happy all the time, yeah. then they don't think they're a happy person. And that's just not the case because I'm not happy all the yeah. time. It's not, that's not real. That's not reality. Yeah. 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 And you're speaking to people who that that's what they think they should be looking for. And you're describing fulfillment. Right. You're not describing pleasure. So like there you're doing everything that I just said correctly. So like I, I, I don't that's have good. any beef with anyone who, <laughs> who focuses. Yeah. I don't have any beef with people who focus on happiness. Right, I, of course. I, 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 but like some people hear what I'm talking about and, and they like completely ignore it and go, no, the meaning of life is to be happy. I'm like, I'm like, I, Technically, it's not. <laughs> Technically, it's not. Um, but um, but yeah, I I I don't. I'm not a stickler. So like, uh, what happens is that people make happiness a goal uh, as a because it's their metric of success. And it's like okay, but you just got to be careful because yes. I, I always use this example. One of my favorite examples ever of hacking stuff. Um, so there, um, let's say you run a call center. So you have a call. So, you know, people take calls uh, uh, for service calls and things. And let's say you want um, someone to. Uh, answer the question the first time as much as possible and then be as brief as possible so you can provide great service, right? Answer the question quickly, right? That's what you think. So you set metrics, right? And you say, okay, first call resolution, it's a popular uh, uh, metric that folks use in customer service to determine whether you've answered the question the first time. And then the second one is uh, call call length, right? Call duration. So you say, okay, those are the metrics I'm gonna track because they're gonna tell me that I'm doing a good job. But I think you're gonna see where I'm going with this, right? What else could you do to get those metrics? I could tell off the customer so they never call back and I can hang up the phone as quickly as possible and those metrics would look fantastic, but I would not be actually really doing what those metrics were meant to achieve. And that's what I mean by hacking. And that's why I just let people know. It's like, okay, if you want to, hey, the meaning of life to be happy, as long as you understand, we're talking about fulfillment and fulfillment comes from growth and growth is all about like, developing relationships and being better person and you know growing family or whatever it is that, that makes you feel a sense of fulfillment that that's what you're chasing and you don't misinterpret it and think it's about pleasure and you know going to rock concerts and you know jump bungee jumping or whatever it is i mean i'm not saying you don't have to go bungee jumping but like don't 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 take the highs as uh, happiness right. Um, as long as you don't do that, you're fine. I just I just let people know, like, technically growth is the point and the happiness is the feedback telling you you're doing it right. But you can use that, you can hack that indicator so it's telling you something wrong or telling you Absolutely. the wrong Absolutely. Well, because so often, yeah. back to your point where so many people have happiness as a goal, it's like, well, when I get that yeah. promotion or when I find that perfect partner or the bigger house or the nicer car, like, there, it, it, there's yeah. always these strings attached to it and... And it, that's not what it's about. And um, yeah. yeah, but I love, I love, I love how you're explaining this because growth yeah. is so important. And it was interesting when you first started talking about how, um, like, and I've never, I've never read anything about this and I'd never really put that together, mm-hmm. even though my whole life has been for the past 32 years has been about growth. Mm-hmm. I never yeah. really related it to just a plant or an animal, but every, everything is all about growth. 
Yes. Every, from the very Everything. first moment, whether it was whether it was the lightning right. strike or the primordial soup or whatever right. it was, we don't actually know the exact cause, but it was uh, a bunch of uh, oh god, I'm always forgetting words, uh, but it was the uh, organic compounds. Right. That's what it was. It was a group of organic compounds through some sort of uh, trigger reaction, some sort of stimulus, created self-replication, and we know that as the beginning right. of life. The self-replication, the right. growth, like literally that's what caused life to be a thing. Uh, and now today we know that as uh, human beings growing. Now, what's cool about it is that we don't just grow in the literal physical ways, though, anymore. There's a lot more like let's let's call it metaphysical ways. Right. So like you can not just grow physically, you can grow emotionally, you can grow spiritually, you can grow socially, you can grow monetarily or financially. You can grow uh career-wise or vocationally, there are tons of different ways for humans to grow exponentially more because we have greater capabilities than a single-celled organism. So that's what's so cool about growth is that uh, it exponentially gets uh, greater potential uh, the greater capability you have as, a, as an organism. That's why humans have the greatest potential for growth of any organism in the face of the, the planet. Yeah, so. exactly. As far as we know, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, yeah, there might be aliens. I, I can't speak to, to aliens, aliens, but if there were, you know, they might. It could be. It could be. So, wow. So you have you have so many great things going on. Are there any other books in the works or any other things that you've been working on? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I did. An, uh, I, I wrote a chapter in another book um, called The X Factor. Um, and I'm blanking on this. It's a long subtitle. It's I think it's the secrets of successful executives and entrepreneurs oh, or cool. something. Uh, and um, I wrote a chapter in it, and it talked about. Uh, I think I called it "Do What You Love, Love What You Do." And it was just some recommendations on uh, how to grow in your career um, and be more fulfilled by it. Um, and stuff I learned in my personal. It was more of a personal, uh, um, you know, account of what I how I learned that. Um, and it's really just there. I think that if I remember correctly, there were the two key components I mentioned were to, 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 to make the most of what you already like about what you're doing and then try to do more of that and less of what you don't like kind of thing. Um, and then uh, if you make an adjustment, you know, identify, can you find a, another job or, or, or role that will let you do more of that and less of what you don't like and keep moving toward that? And, and what do you enjoy getting better at and how do you work toward that? And it's that combination of those two things that will allow you to gradually move to the, you know, the role of your dreams. You don't necessarily have to you know, fall into it or um, you know, make the most of what you don't like forever or anything like that, um, that there's a way to continue to, to move toward that. Because what's great about the world and the diversity of human beings we have is that people don't mind doing things. Um, like I always say, like I, I could never be a coal miner because uh, I couldn't do the tight spaces, the darkness, the smokiness. So I'd probably have a panic attack and, <laughs> or have a heart attack. I live about five years and probably die. Uh, but like there are plenty of people that's that they're they could do that really well. Um, you know, I couldn't do sales either. I, I like a salesperson that would make me very uncomfortable. But I, I know I know some amazing salespeople and they just crush it. And I actually have to partner with a lot of salespeople in my in my day job. Uh, and they really like having me on their calls. And I really like having them on, right. <laughs> on them too, because I can't do what they do. They can't do what I do. Um, so it's just wonderful. Uh, people always think that like everyone, everyone like follow their dreams, like there would be like no you know garbage collectors or something and it's like well you know not necessarily because that's what why we have the um you know monetary system we have where you can pay people more to do jobs that are less desirable but um people who don't like 
that the, the, the career growth isn't their focus. Maybe they have a familial growth. They want to have kids. They want to have a family life. They want to spend their free time. I don't know, going to, you know, go on vacation or whatever that that's, then that's fine for them. That's, that's what they want to do because it pays and they don't care uh, what they do as long as they're contributing to society. So there are plenty of people like that. And that's mm -hmm. wonderful. That's great because they have different growth areas. And so there's no, like, it's kind of a myth that people think that like, that you, you like you can't be happy or n not everyone can be happy at the same time or something like that um, because um, everyone pursuing their own interests um, you'll find that people have different interests and that you know everyone can, wants to contribute in their own way and collectively you get everything you you need as we see in today's uh, modern societies um, most of people's wants are taken care of I mean there's still some issues of course but um, we get better we grow we get better and better at, uh, at serving everyone's yeah needs. yeah and I mean I, I there's a lot of people in my life that don't really have that growth mindset and that's totally okay yeah. you know yeah. i mean we all you know it, 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 for me it's just like it's just a it's just part of my existence it's part of who i am and i know that and i yeah. feed it and i nurture that part of me and you know yeah. not everybody not everybody has to be <laughs> constantly self-improving and People, I probably have a lot of people in my life that think I'm a little whacked because I'm constantly, you know, like I'm obsessed yeah. with self-improvement and, you know, but it's my passion because I want to help other people. So, you know. Yeah. And that's another, uh, you actually point out a really good misconception, which is uh, that people think that growth requires effort. I mean, it does technically, but they don't mean it requires effort. They mean it requires it, it, effort as in it feels bad. Right. <laughs> and that's not necessarily the case because, like, you know, there are people, like, they say, oh, they don't, they don't have a growth mindset. You know, that, that's fine. That's usually applying to, like, a career or something, and that's fine. But, like... They like do they watch the same movie over and over again forever? No, they'll go watch a different movie. So some people grow their collections of you know bottle caps or Elvis memorabilia or whatever. Some people watch every movie ever made. Like so they are growing. It's just not in a way that that society necessarily like praises or anything. And you know who cares what society yeah. thinks if you if it makes you happy, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter. So like so yeah you. Yeah, it's a really good point. So, so the growth is still there, even if it's not what we consider to be like effortful growth or right. anything like that. Um, so that's that, that's a good thing. But uh, the other thing you mentioned, or that you asked me back to your original point about the the books, um, uh, it's, this is a two really funny, stupid things. Uh, one is that um, I'm I, I'm kind of in the middle of writing it. I'm taking the book, The Meaning of Life, and I'm gonna I'm rewriting it for a business um, uh, uh, audience. Oh, nice. So it, it's called. The, going for like the purposeful enterprise or meaningful enterprise uh, and talk about how to apply those eight ideas to make your company or organization more meaningful or purposeful. Wow. So injecting the organization with more meaning purpose. Um, but I can't take credit for the idea of doing that. I had a colleague, <laughs> I kid you not, I had never even, because I had my work life and I got this book I wrote and I just like, I keep them separate. And so I kid you not, I said, you know, you know, Nate, you, you got this, this great book and list of ideas. Like, why don't you apply it to, why don't you put your two things together, your personal and work life and put it together and create a book on how to, uh, uh, you know, for leaders, because I, I advise leaders for a living. I've been doing it for, you know, almost 19 years. And they're like, why don't you just put it together and write something for like that? <laughs> I kid you not, it was like the biggest forehead slap ever. I was like, oh God, how did I not think about that? That's okay. You can so, you can dedicate the book uh, to him, to that person. And I think that's a brilliant idea. And you've already yeah. done a lot of the work and the research. And so yeah. that's that's fantastic. Uh, yeah. But then the final one is I, I've got a book, uh, something I'd really love to write, but, um, and I wrote, I did an outline for it and I really like it, but I don't know if I'll be able to do it. I just, it's so daunting at the point. So I'm going to try, I'll make progress over time, but, um, I, I want to write a book on truth. Mm. Um, like, 
and I have a, an outline of all the components of truth because truth is like happiness. It's like, what does that even mean? Uh, or, or like the meaning of life, what does that even mean? I, I mean, the first thing I did in uh, the meaning of life book is I defined what I meant. Because the biggest problem with uh, society today in terms of discussing things is equivocation. Uh, and if anyone's uh, not up on, on that vocabulary, what I mean by that is like uh, they, they move the goalposts or change the definition when they're talking about something in order to make it fit, either fit what they're saying or argue against mm. someone else or whatever it is. And um, so when I say the meaning of life is growth, they'll say, no, Nate, when I say meaning of life, I mean, what's the goal? What's the point? Why are we all here? What's that final outcome? And I say, well, that, that, that's an equivocation. I wouldn't say, hey, you're equivocating because I'm not because they're not equivocating yet. They're defining it the way that they want to. But what I'll say is, look, my definitions are the, the definition of life. Growth is actually in the definition of life. It has to be in there. It can't you cannot write the definition of life without putting the word growth in there. So it's part of the definition. Uh, the purpose is what every organization uh, organization organism intends to do. Uh, and it's uh, what we consider to be significant. So like any, anyone we give an award to, it's because they grew into the person who achieved some amazing right. thing and they had to grow into it. Otherwise, right. otherwise, why would you, why would you win? But when most people say meaning, they usually mean goal. Uh, and I can't, I can't argue with that because goals are subjective. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I, I can't tell you what the, the meaning of life is and the goal for every human being on this planet is like, you set your goal. Um, all I can tell you is the me the means through which you're going to get to that goal is always going to be growth. Right. Because if you could immediately get it like this, then you wouldn't it wouldn't be a goal. You'd have it. It'd be a thing you already have. So goal always has to be something you don't have, and the growth is the journey to get there. Um, and that's that's why growth is the universal meaning. But yeah, I can't tell you what goal you should have. I usually make a stupid joke about. Um, uh, there's a video game called Civilization where uh, the end of the game is you uh, build a spaceship and fly to Alpha Centauri uh, and then start a new colony. And they say, okay, that's because what happens at the credits roll at the end of that game yeah. <laughs> as soon as you land there. Uh, so I'm like, yeah, the goal is to build a spaceship and to fly to Alpha right. Centauri. And the joke the joke is that the, 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 the natural response to that will be, and then what? And that's the insight. Yep. That's the insight. There is no ultimate goal because there will always be something else to do. Um, and that's why growth is a point, not, and there's no final goal. As it should be, because I, I just yeah. think that life would be so boring if we didn't have, you know, something, something else. <laughs> What's next? Exactly. You know, you do it, something you're like, more, okay, yeah. now what? Now what do I do? So. And so the, the truth thing, I don't yeah, know. I, I got all these cool that's things. That's interesting. But um, you know what? If anybody can do it, yeah. you can. Yeah, I, I just it's harder to do research on that. It's it's less than like with meaning, you can always identify these concepts. And I have all these concepts and I'm going to talk mm -hmm. about like because with truth, there's like, well, what does truth mean? There's like facts and knowledge and and there's persuasion. And I have all these different definitions. So it's not going to be as simple as like there are eight ideas and they solve everything. Uh, but um, there's there's like I think, oh, God, I don't remember how many there were, but like 14 or something. I don't know. But I identified all the like different meanings of truth mm. and, and I'm going to break them down into their components. Um, but the the one that's probably going to be most interesting for today's conversation is the fact that there is a war right now between the truth and your truth, right? Uh, that's the big battle going on in the culture. Uh, is there such thing as absolute truth or is everything subjective? Uh, and um, what I want to break down in the book is how, well, they're both true. Uh, because at the end of the Meaning of Life book, which I had this beautiful uh, structure of like, there are three, when someone says reality, because everyone says, you know, face reality, or, you know, that person lives in their own reality. They mean three things. One is the physical laws of the universe. Mm -hmm. Those are absolute. Right. So there's nothing you can really, you, you can, you can bend them, like you can fly into space to, to defy gravity, but you're not 
you're not breaking in gravity. You're 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 uh, you know bending the rules right uh, by 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 enough force to get out of there. Um, there's uh, the what what you might call like social reality, which is the rules we all follow in a society or societal reality, uh, and those can change. Like I could say I could set a rule. Hey, you know. Everyone can come into my house tomorrow. Like that's a new rule. It's like, oh, well, I don't like that rule. But <laughs> if you said it, I can't really stop you. If you, you know, have guns, <laughs> I can't stop you. Um, and then um, the third one is the the my reality, right? The, the, which is basically the sum of your experiences and knowledge and everything. And then that becomes what you believe, all your beliefs and right. everything. Um, and the thing is, is that. Um, what uh, when someone says the truth they kind of are pushing toward the physical reality and then when someone says your truth they're kind of talking about the other extreme and then there's the point where those intersect <laughs> which is that middle that societal reality right. um and that's what everyone's debating and and we all know that and i won't get into this i promise but like we all know that as politics right. right because it's the rules we set as a society yep. to of how we all interact with each other um and so that's where the battleground is coming to a head because there are people who are like well all that matters is my experience and i live in my own little world and there are other people like yeah but there's an absolute truth and reality out there physical reality and we should all try to come to that same agreement and then when you go to set rules for society uh those two uh, uh percept perspectives uh, uh come into conflict and that's why we're having a lot of fights right now and i, I really want to break it down scientifically and then kind of talk about how those two things can interact and how to come to some sort of, um, what's the word, uh, 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 conclusion as to how to, how to harmonize those two ideas. Yeah, that's all I have to say. That's, that's a big yeah. undertaking and I'm so grateful that you are, you are going to accomplish that because I know you will. And Oh, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you have more faith than I do. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, that is, it's, it's a big, it's a big thing these days. Um, and, and I love the way you just sum that up because it's the truth and then your truth. And it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we're, we're, we don't have time for that. And this podcast isn't, isn't about that. <laughs> Yeah. There's a little thingy. So yeah, we're not going to go into politics, but, um, but no, yeah. but I appreciate that. And, and I think that's going to be really, really amazing. And you'll be able to do it. You got this, you got yeah. this. <laughs> uh, so what else do you like to talk about with regard to the meaning of life? The meaning and of life. Drivers are a lot of cool there's stuff. There's so much cool stuff. And what, so you, so you mentioned your, out of the eight um, areas in the meaning of life, mm -hmm. You mentioned one that was your favorite. What is your second favorite? Um, second favorite. Um, well, I can tell you the one that because because my my um, what I what I like to talk about the most is the emotions because there's a cool formula for figuring out oh, your okay, emotions cool. that I actually knew intuitively. Um, and then the second one would be uh, probably um, belief because it kind of I did this weird like 180 on belief when I was writing the chapter. It's probably the thing that changed me me the most uh, in terms of my worldview. Um, so I can cover those two. Uh, let's start with the emotions one. Um, so um, I've, I've always been very in touch with my emotions. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like surprised at how in touch with my emotions I was. And um, me, I, I never I never was confused by it because I was like, well, 
this happened and so therefore I feel this way and this is what how one feels when the you know as a reaction to that so like I, I was always confused as why people had uh, were confused about their emotions well it turns out that not everyone thinks about things so like clearly it's like systematically as I do um, that's uh, probably a little bit of the uh, um, the kind of borderline Asperger kind of thing coming in but uh, uh, but there's a formula for any emotional state um, that that exists, and it's it's like two plus two equals four kind of thing. Like it literally, it's it's an absolute, um, and that formula is uh, emotions equals uh, desire hmm. plus belief uh, plus experience. Those are three things. So um, I'll take an example. Let's 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 start from an emotion. Let's take jealousy. It's my my favorite emotion to talk about because I think it's kind of amusing. Um, so why would you feel jealous? Well, through, through, what are the three components? You have to want a person or thing. Mm -hmm. You have to believe that you should have that person or thing. More importantly, you probably have to believe that someone else does not deserve that person or thing that you deserve. And then third, the experience, you then see <laughs> that person uh, that you don't believe deserves it with the person or thing that you think you deserve. And then all of a sudden you get jealous, right? right? Uh, and here's what's cool about the formula. So let's change it. Let's say, uh, let's take, I'm gonna take Elon Musk just as an example. So uh, am I jealous of Elon Musk? No, I'm not jealous of Elon Musk. What an awesome, what an awesome thing. So like, why not? Well, you change a belief, right? I don't believe that he doesn't deserve what he has and I deserve that or anything like that. That's where jealousy would come in. I think that he deserves what he has because he's smart and was, you know, successful and all these other things and, you know, rocket ships and um, drill companies and, you know, solar panels and everything and batteries. And so, like, when I believe that he deserves it, I don't feel jealous. I feel what? Admiration. Right. So just by changing the belief, my emotion changes from jealousy because the formula changes from the jealousy out output to a uh, an admiration output. So those three things can do anything. So uh, if you're happy, you want something, you believe you can have it, and then you experience the sensation of having it, or or you're excited, you anticipate getting it, so you are that exciting anticipation of getting getting the thing that you want. So like all anything you feel can be those three things. And I've even had uh, I had someone say, well, what about like a a newborn or take someone a, a lower level organism or something where they don't have like desires or beliefs as we know them today like how how what, how would they have an emotion because <laughs> they still have emotions right i'm like yeah but then the formula those two things are just zero uh <laughs> you, just, you just insert a zero yeah. right and then your experience is all because yeah, then it's just stimulus response right. which everybody knows in so basic psychology stimulus response so emotions are responses to stimuli so that's the rawness but with as humans we have desires we have beliefs they influence your emotional state so you know th that's why people do uh, what's the word um uh, hypnosis, mm -hmm. right? So like, you know how people get hypnotized before they like go get surgery or something and they don't even need anesthesia because that's the power of, <laughs> of belief, right? <laughs> oh, this isn't going to hurt. And all of a sudden magically it doesn't hurt. And it's like, well, how, how'll that happen? Um, it's because that you are actually some weird masterful control of your emotional state where your, your, uh, hypnotic, uh, belief, uh, beliefs, uh, completely, uh, suppress your ability to feel pain or whatever. So like, yeah, that's what's going on is, is everything can, can follow that formula. So where does, shifting your perspective or your perception fall into that uh yeah that's the belief one because the beliefs uh, shape your perceptions because right. like um 
you know the whole like uh you know the old psychology thing where it's like is it a is it a duck or a right. rabbit right and it's depending on yep. kind of what you're looking at you see different things that's literally what your beliefs are creating that like whether you're seeing and and and, and um uh, and you know you can you can prime people right you know priming is a psychology concept where you're placing an idea yep. in someone's head so when they go forward they're it's they're predisposed to seeing or doing whatever and so um if you told someone you're going to see a rabbit and then you show that picture you're probably more likely to see a rabbit because you're primed to, right. to see it and so that's what beliefs are that's all beliefs are um is that it's it's their predispositions <laughs> toward some sort of um you know behavior um thought uh, action whatever it is um decision uh, and so, yeah, uh, that's where uh, the perception comes in because um, you can, and that's a great point because uh, people talk about suffering all the time. And by the way, uh, I, I don't mean to sound exasperated, but uh, but people say the meaning of life is to suffer. I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not, it's yeah. not. <laughs> just because it involves suffering doesn't mean that's the right, point. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, but 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 seeing as I asked them what is meaning life when I was suffering, I, I I don't blame people for for thinking that. But I it, it it's once you know it's not, you get kind of uh, frustrated with it. Uh, but um but yeah so, uh per, so perception. So if you are um, uh if you see failure as a learning opportunity, then you're actually fine with failure. If you see it as some sort of personal flaw or your life is over, then you're gonna be miserable right. with failure. Right. And so that when you say perception, how does that affect your emotions? That's what's happening is your perception of what's going on and how, what it means to you is going to completely change your um, uh, emotional state in response to it. Right. And I also believe that you can, by shifting those perceptions, you can shift your behavior, which can shift your reality. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, I have this joke about uh, if you want to control everything in your reality, buy insurance. <laughs> Uh, so, so there's like a, um, because the, uh, when we talk about choice, a lot of people, that's one of the eight factors, last one. And I put it last cause you can, you actually want people to do something as a result of right. the book. Right. So that's, that's the thing you do is make different right. choices. Uh, and so, uh, people, uh, have this like debate about free will and, um, determinism. Right. And, uh, and there are some smart people out there who have some really bad takes on that. You know, there's like the, I, 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 are you familiar with Sam Harris? Mm -hmm. Do you know uh, who yeah, Sam Harris yeah. is? Okay. So Sam Harris, in my opinion, does not have the greatest take where he says there's no such thing as free will. And the way that they're doing is they're talking about how synapses in the brain are like firing like long before you consciously make a decision. But that's, and then say, and then using that to say everything is, and since your genes determine your, you know, your tissue and therefore your brain cells and therefore those are the things that are firing that literally everything is deterministic and nothing is free will. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> that couldn't be any more <laughs> uh, too much of a stretch in my opinion. But, um, and this is kind of uh, opinion because this is philosophical. So I, I can only tell you scientifically, and that's what they're trying to do is use that science to prove uh, that philosophy. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are things you can control and things you right. can't. And yes, you you are restricted by your genetics and some other things. But I could like choose to hang up right now. I could choose to go run around naked. Like I could do a lot of different things right now and I'm not choosing to do those things. So I am making conscious choices. That is my free will. Right. And there's no, I, no, no, you can't tell someone like, oh, well you're genetically predisposed to be sitting here. No. It's like, maybe, but like I could do something else. Yeah. I can go and f move somewhere else tomorrow. Like I have that choice. So that's the stuff you can control. So the joke about the insurance is there are a lot of things you can't control either. So you can't control genetics. You can't control uh, where you were born or anything like that. Uh, you can't control possible physical limitations you might have or, or anything like that uh, because those, a lot of those are due to things that were 
before you were here. Um, but uh, if you do things like buy insurance, you can't control the weather, but you could buy home insurance. And in case lightning strikes your house and you know sets it on fire or something, you can replace it and it doesn't put you back as badly as if you didn't right. have insurance. So you, the point is you can do things that can actually control the uncontrollable in the long run uh, by mitigating the risk of them or, or accounting for the risk. Right. So um, you know if, there's a, if, if you have a risk of maybe reaching your full potential and not reaching the NBA, you can get a degree and then be able to do something else there. So like if you want to control your totally control your reality uh, by insurance is a shorthand for um, if you want to control your reality, uh, understand all the risks you might face, mitigate them and continue to push forward. And, and you can control most of your life, not everything, but you can control a lot of things that seem uncontrollable because you can prepare. Exactly. For them. Oh my gosh. This has been such a great conversation, Nate. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today. We've kind of gone over a little bit longer than what I normally like to do, but this was so great. I don't even care because I, sure. I have that choice. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And um, yeah, if folks want to check out the, the book, uh, it's The Medieval Life, A Guide to Finding Your Life's Purpose. Um, the full name, my full name is Nathaniel Garanova. So that's what's on the book. Uh, if you type in Nate, it won't, might not yeah. pop up. And we'll make um, sure that your full name is, is in the show notes and the episode graphics and everything will have your full name. So you'll be all yeah. set. And then your meaning of life, your meaning in life dot com is the is the website, and it has free have a blog and free downloads oh, and stuff on there. So if you want to learn more about it, that's yeah. great. Well, thank you so much, and keep up the good work. And I can't wait to to read your next book about truth. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> all right, take care, Nate. That was such a great conversation, and I really hope that you were able to take some little golden nugget out of that and apply it to your life right now. So thank you so much for listening today. As always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe, and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.